music, news, interviews, live events, and more. Welcome to the Hivecast with Matt Pinfield. Hey, it's the Hivecast, and I'm here with Serge Tanking. It's Matt Pinfield. Serge, great to see you, man. Great to see you, Matt, again. It's a, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> we recently got together. We were doing this thing out in Palm Springs called the Sunset Session. So That's we fun. actually did that before the album came out. Yeah. And we're talking about the new album. Harakari, which is, yeah. am I pronouncing it better this time? Harakiri. 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 <laughs> it's great. Explain to everybody I, what the title of the album stands for. Um, the title of the record means suicide. It's uh, a Japanese term to kind of, uh, it, it, it means uh, ritualistic suicide, also known as seppuko, which is literally the cutting of the belly. A uh, very samurai type of term. Very so it's like Harry Carey, but people were pronouncing it wrong. Is that what it is? Pretty all much, these yeah, years, yeah. Because yeah. you know, people say Harry Carey. He's committing Harry Carey, and they, yeah, yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah, it's, the same it's just thing. a different pronunciation. Ah, it's amazing. Yeah, and and I, you know, early in uh, January 2011, we were experiencing all the death of Burden Fisher on the world, and to me, it was such an ominous, almost biblical type of event that it felt like it needed a term to describe it, and. And that term came to me, and, and that's when I wrote the first song for the record, Harakiri, the title track. So it just kind of all blended together, and, you know, it's also a nice symbolic way of talking about man's footprint on the planet and how we're destroying our own kind of home, you know, yeah. uh, unconscious suicide. So Harakiri, uh, to me, was a good good way of explaining that as a record title. Yeah, it's great. So tell me about working on this record and the guys you work with. Is it this, the Flying Cunts of Chaos, the FCC? Oh, you were dying just to say that. You were I thinking was, of that no, in I the cab get, over. <laughs> yeah, listen, I get to say Flying Cunts of Chaos, which I could never say on TV or on the regular radio. Exactly, right? yeah. But I love that you made the FCC that in. I just think well, it's... you know, all these years we've been <laughs> kind of stifled by the Federal Communications Commission and all the, you know, we, we did this thing with System on Saturday Night Live where Darren accidentally yelled the F word and we were under threat of big penalty and all this stuff and sh can we ever be on the show again and all that. We thought it was so ridiculous, you know. So when I was uh, forming my own solo band, I'm like, what should we call the band? And we were just going through different names and I thought it would... Wouldn't it be awesome to have the FCC be a cuss word? That way they could, you know, penalize themselves every time we're on the radio. So we decided to call the band the FCC, the Flying Cunts of Chaos. And uh, so the FCC is now, a, you know, a cuss word. I love um, that. <laughs> so getting back to the record, a couple of the guys uh, from the band, uh, Troy Ziegler, who played drums, uh, played drums on the record, and Dan Monty, who plays guitars with me in the band, he played guitars on the record with me, and Mario Payarullo, who uh, plays bass in the FCC, played on the record as well. So basically what I did is go in, as I generally do with my solo records in my studio, write everything out, play the instruments myself, and then bring the guys in to replace some of my you know, loops for as far as drums, because I don't really play drums, or my bass parts with better bass uh, performances from Mario, and uh, uh, you know, add more guitar parts, solos that Dan would bring to my rhythm guitars and all this stuff. So kind of thicken up the sound, make it like a live band playing. Yeah, it's well, it works and it sounds great on this new record. Thank you, thank so you. There's a lot of a lot of great textures on this record. Awesome, Comex. So did you meet those guys around the time of Elected Dead? Was it was it that where you ended up finding these guys? I mean, the first time that you took a break from System when you guys were were had done the double album, the two albums back to back. I had recorded my first solo record, Elected Dead. Yeah. Um, and Dan Dan was the only person I knew from the band at that time. Dan was my friend. I had worked with him on the Buckethead and Friends record. Yeah. He was a friend of Buckethead, so he helped me with Elected Dead. Uh, engineered it at the time. He's a good engineer as well. 
And uh, so through Dan and some other friends, we basically interviewed a bunch of musicians and I got to put together the FCC at that time in 2006, 2007. Yeah. And then went on tour with them for Elect the Dead, my first solo record, and that was obviously five years ago. And we've been touring since with Imperfect Harmonies and now with Harakiri. Now, around the time of Imperfect Harmonies, you also did the Symphony record. Tell me about that and how, why you decided to do that. And how did you get everyone together for that? Where sure. did you find the, uh, the musicians? I had, I had an offer from the Auckland Philharmonia Orchestra in New Zealand to do an event with them. And this is when I was touring with the FCC on, on the Elected Dead tour. And I'm like, wow, this is really interesting. And as a composer, as a musician, as a songwriter, I'm like, the idea of working with an orchestra, passing that up was like, not good. Like, I wanted, I wanted to take advantage of that, but I didn't know what to do, you know? So I really thought about it. I'm like, okay, well, what kind of event can I do with an orchestra? And I thought, well, I have a solo rock record. Why don't I break down the solo rock record into its natural elements, piano, acoustic guitar, and then start arranging for orchestra. So I did that. And at the time, I had a composer, uh, co-composer friend in New Zealand, this guy named Jump Sothis, who ended up helping me arrange for orchestra. I wrote the basic string pieces and a couple of brass pieces, and he ended up kind of flushing that out for a 70-piece orchestra. We did the live event in New Zealand. Um, turned out to be a great show. We recorded it both in audio and video and released it as a DVD, which sold really well, And actually. So since then, we did 12 live orchestral shows in Europe that were all sold out and, and incredible and so much so that we have offers to actually tour with a 45-piece orchestra with us now in Europe for Orca when that comes out which is my real symphony coming out next year um, so it's gonna be kind of like a, an Orca elected dead hybrid tour and uh, so we're gonna be touring in Europe and in the US we want to do stuff with university orchestras and kind of get university you know orchestra players involved and play some of this stuff and I'll go visit them and kind of, you know, I don't conduct, but I can rehearse give a little, with them and kind of rehearse them. Advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So now, it'll be, it should be a fun, fun enterprise. It sounds great. Now, is Orca all new original music for that orchestra in particular? That is correct. Orca is like a real symphony. There's no vocals. It's, it's classical, my real first classical symphony. Whereas Elect the Dead Symphony was a symphonic interpretation of a rock record. Incredible. Let's backtrack a little bit too, Serge, and talk about how you and Tom Morello are a mutual friend, how you guys started the Axis of Justice, and, and what were the, some of the deciding factors and the reason how you ended up getting together and saying, let's do this. Um, when Tom Morello and uh, Chris Cornell joined up to form Audio Slave, and it was called Citizen Kane or something Citizen, like that. Citizen, yeah, right. Before yeah, that. Like that yeah. Um, and uh, they were about to play Ozfest in 2002. And Tom had an idea of, of kind of having this nonprofit tent of different non-NGOs participate in the festival with OzFest. And uh, they ended up not doing OzFest, and we were headlining OzFest that year. So he called me. I remember that phone call in, in like the end of 2001 or something like that. And he's like, Serge, it's Tom, Tom Morello. Hey, listen, bro, um, I've been wanting to do this thing at OzFest, you know, kind of set up this nonprofit tent and bringing Amnesty International, Greenpeace and all these nonprofit organizations to expose the kids to something more than just consumer goods that they can purchase or tattoos that they can get, you know? And uh, what do you think about joining up with me and doing that with OzFest? And I'm like, wow, that sounds like a great idea. So that's how, that's the inception of the idea of Access of Justice. Since then, it's become a nonprofit organization on one end as a fund where we've done many charity concerts and raised money for different, you know, uh, uh, nonprofit organizations. Uh, and also a political organization where we kind of push our ideals th yeah. uh, through politically. We have a website called accessofjustice.net. We've had a radio show on Sirius and KPFK for, God, 
five years, four and a half years now, uh, called the Access of Justice Radio Network, and it's podcast on our website. Tell me about that. So <clears throat> do you guys record that on a regular basis, no matter where you are? How do you and Tom uh, get together, or do you send stuff in on files to do it? Uh, Tom records more of the shows than I do, and he records it. We used to record it at the KPFK studios in Los Angeles on Ventura. Now he records it in his studio, and when I'm in town, I go in and I'll do like three shows with him for yeah. one month, and you, you know, so we do, we do, yeah, two, three <laughs> at a time, and and just kind of put it out there, and it's cool. We playlist a lot of really cool socially conscious music, political music from all genres, Bob Dylan to Bob Marley, and everything in the middle, you know. Um, so it's fun, like Rise Against, tons of bands, right? Exactly, yeah. Rise Against, um, and you know, and we've also interviewed some cool people, Noam Chomsky, Howard Zinn before he passed away, and. You know Michael Moore a number of times, and you know had had some good guests on as well. Yeah, it's amazing. I remember when Tom first became friends with Michael Moore, and and he was doing TV Nation, and Michael right. was a fan of One Twenty. So uh, Tom said, hey, "Hey, Michael wanted to send you stuff," and I was a huge fan. I loved Roger and me, and oh, that's right. Yeah, the yeah. films that were out at the time, stuff was yeah. great. Michael's cool. Yeah, very yeah. cool. So. Let's talk also about <clears throat> I Love Jazz's Christ. One of the best <laughs> names. I love it because obviously it's going <laughs> to evoke emotion in people. Yeah, how this else are you going to piss record. off the Christian right and all the jazz purist, you know, reviewers, songwriters? Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, Jazz's Christ kind of came together. It, it's a fun compilation. I I, um, I had all these jazz tracks going on. I, I write all the time, Matt. Like, I'm, I, don't ha I don't need a project to write for. I'm always writing for fun, you know, so... Um, and I had all these jazz tracks that I was penning over the years, and I got together with a few really great jazz player friends, this guy Tom Dupree, who's a phenomenal trumpet player from Boston, uh, who I worked with on uh, Prometheus Bound, the musical that I did last year at the Oberon Theater on Mass Avenue. And then I got um, Dikran Hamasian, a phenomenal pianist on, on Verve Records, to work with me, and, and uh, this other guy, Valery Tolstov, who's a phenomenal flautist from Switzerland. So. You know, we kind of passed the tracks all along the planet, and everyone put their kind of input in it, and ended up with a really cool, mostly instrumental jazz record. There's like three or four songs with vocals, progressive jazz, I should say, because uh, it's interesting. It's not like classic jazz, although a couple of the tracks are. And uh, the title, you know, the title is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Did you come up with it yourself? Or did you like this is what we're going to call this record? That's great. I did. I did. You know, it's like it's a play on Jesus Christ, obviously, and. You know, it's 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 a fun record. Yeah, I mean, I, we look forward to hearing it. For Thanks. Sure. Now let's talk about Fucktronic, okay? Yeah. Which is the thing you're Get doing out of here, mate. with Jimmy Urin from uh, from Mindless. Well, Open you know Dose. Jimmy. You yeah, know, I know and Jimmy for a long time, right? Yeah, uh, and and I have as well, and we've we've been friends. We've all been friends, and uh, you know, so a couple of years back, not a couple of years back, I think it was last year, we got together. We're having sushi in L.A. And we're talking about all these British gangster records, Sexy Beast and all the Guy Ritchie, you know, uh, films. I meant films. And, uh, <clears throat> like Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Exactly. And all that really cool stuff. All yeah. of them, all of them. And how funny they are. Like, they're funny to us. It's violent and all this cussing. And to us, it's like you watch it at night and you go to sleep like a baby. It's like funny stuff. It just makes us smile. So, because it's so over the top, you know, it like is. it just. <laughs> and so we're talking about all of this and we're like, hey, why don't we make one? And we're like, what do you mean make one? And I'm like, well, you've got all these electro tracks. I've got all these electro tracks. Let's put them together. Let's get all these friends that we have that have British accents and French accents and Russian gangster accents and just write a small, quick script and do it. And we did it. So we have like this audio version of a film with, 
you know, all this electronic music with actors, you know, speaking on it. One is like the prison break. One is a car chase. One is like sex in a club after being in prison for 12 years. So this is this whole story. Now we're working on a visual component with a company and making <laughs> you're, you're getting it. Now we're, we're making like this, you know, iPhone kind of mobile uh, visual graphic novel slash video you know, interactive experience with it and that we're going to put it out next year. Sounds great. you got to get like a Jason Statham-like character in it. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? we, we've got like one. A, we've got that's one. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Any friends that we know that are actors or are you just getting like people that, you know, some random folks that you know to do the, some the the random stuff. folks that we know and, and I mean, you know, well, I'll, I'll save that for later but yeah. some, of them, some of them you'll know. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really looking forward to it. You know, I love when you turn something cinematic like that because, uh, you know how Jack White did the thing uh, with Nora Jones for Danger Mouse and Daniel Lupi, the, uh, you know, the whole Rome, that whole spaghetti western thing that that's they right, did together. That's right. That's right. So this is cool to turn an electronic record into that. It makes yeah, a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, the the concepts coming from a fun place and executing them is always great because there's no, you know, business mind behind it. It's just this would be fun. Wow, no one's done this. Let's do it. You know, the kind of thing. It's so pure. It's so beautiful that way. Yeah. So are you going to go <clears> out and tour? For the new record, too, for Harakari, at some time soon after the system tour is over? Correct. We're doing two dates with our friends from Slipknot on Knotfest with the FCC right after the system dates. Um, one's in Council Bluffs, Iowa, and the other is in Minneapolis. And then we'll be doing seven dates with the FCC on the West Coast in September and 13 dates in Europe to support Harakiri for this year, and then we'll probably do some more dates next year as well. That sounds great. So, Serge, with System, obviously, you know, you guys had split for a while. Yeah. But do you ever talk to Shavo and Darren and John about making new music together? I mean, I know you've been touring. Dude, you got so much yeah. great stuff. But have you talked about maybe doing another System record sometime we, in the we future? We really haven't sat down and talked seriously about doing that or, you know, or doing anything, you know. I mean, there's ideas of putting out a live DVD. We've never even put out a DVD. Yeah. You know, um, a retrospective kind of thing. Um, or a greatest hits record, like you know, we've yeah. we just we've, we've just been kind of touring and having a good time and no pressure and kind of like no Rage work. does. You're who speaking of our friend Tom, cause yeah, yeah. same deal, no new record, but playing a lot of songs that people love and want to hear, so it's worth yeah, it. You know? Yeah, and we're just having. It's kind of like it's so interesting because I've been working so hard on the release of Harakiri, my solo record, and all the, these other records, yeah. the press and stuff, and then when it came to the system rehearsals, I was like. <sighs> It's like yeah, summer it's vacation. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I get to go out and play these songs and there's no record and there's, it's just no pressure. Everyone joking around in the studio. It, it went from, see, System six years ago when we left off, or yeah. we didn't split, but we took a, an indefinite hiatus, obviously. But when we decided to do that, there was a lot of pressure. There was a lot of work, two records out, all this touring, all this responsibility. And it, it started becoming not fun. And so we left it. Yeah. You know, and then now coming back to it, it's kind of like the fun part of our lives. Yeah. So that's an awesome thing. That's a, and, and speaking of going back, I remember Steal This Album. I love the fact that you've done that. Intervision, one of, yeah. my, one of my, I love that song. Mm. A lot of great things on there, but that's one of those tracks that I've always loved. Cool. Did you, did the label, because I worked at Columbia for a while, you remember. Of course, yeah. But did they give you a lot of heat back then when you decided to call it Steal This Album, or did they think it was funny? Did they get the humor in that? Uh, I don't remember. You know, remember. the Abby Hoffman thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember if we got... You know what we did get heat for? I'll tell you from the label at the yeah. time. We didn't get uh, we didn't get heat about naming the record Steal This Album. That wasn't a big deal. But we had this other record called Steal This Album that we were putting out right after Toxicity. And they wanted to put out a single as they would with any record and, and so that they could sell it. And we were really opposed to putting out a single 
because you know here here we are right after toxicity with three big hits including Ariel's and uh, Chop, Chop Suey, Suey and, and the Toxicity and the title track. And then and we're people like, played Psycho too. There were a lot of songs on the were, record. Exactly. They got people made their own And singles. we're like, dude, we're all, you know, <laughs> I mean, we don't want to totally, uh, you know, overwhelm the world with, with this stuff. And we're like, we shouldn't put any singles from this. And I remember management going, well, the label wants to do it. And we're like, c'est la vie. Instead, we decided that was the big, that was the time when people were organizing to do the pro protests against the Iraq war before the Iraq war even happened. Okay. Yeah. So, so I remember having a meeting with the band, with management there and, and suggesting, I said, well, instead of a single, why don't we make a statement? Because that's what we really need to do with this record right now. And that statement was boom. And the video that we made with Michael Moore, right. uh, basically gathering all the footage from all of the different um, protests around the world. 10 million or 15 million people protest a war that hadn't occurred historical yeah. by all proportions yeah and so we put out that video instead didn't do a single just put out that video on mtv at the time i remember yeah and that landed as the war was about to start wow and then intervisions radio just started playing after that Is radio that just started playing it but we didn't service it as a single yeah you know and and we didn't encourage it as a single or we didn't want a single yeah yeah. I know, but I mean, you made that video, so it was, I mean, obviously, the album got attention, which was a good thing. The, the album got attention from the video, but also because fans were, you know, hungry right. for for the music at the time, after, right after Toxicity. So the record's done well. We've never toured for that record. Yeah, we've never done a single for that record. Yeah, and besides Boom, we've never made a video for that record either, which is amazing. And then you were so busy, you know, with hypnotized, mesmerized. You yeah. got just uh, another I mean, two <laughs> records. We, we, just, we only make two records at a time, <laughs> except yeah, exactly. the first one. We yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of funny how it turned out that way. But I guess we always have so much material when we actually do start writing that that it ends up being a lot more than we intend. Which is good right now, like you said. So you have all that material. So that's more than a night's worth of entertainment for people well, when they have, come to see you. Play. We still have unreleased songs. Not a lot, but we yeah. have unreleased songs, and you know, I'd like to do something cool with them. Well, maybe we... you know, if you do finally do like a best ever greatest hits system of a down record, that would be great. Throw a couple, two or three tracks That's on there. That's the idea. Yeah, yeah, that would and be really a good, good move. Maybe yeah. in time for the next tour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, here I am. We're um, doing a marketing plan. Matt's, Matt's joining the team. <laughs> there we go. It's great. Yeah. So, Serge, we're so excited to see you coming back and playing for the new record thanks brother and yeah. you'll actually do stuff from all three albums when you do the show as well yes we cool. will we will but it'll be mostly based on harakiri and elected dead because yeah. those are the two big rock records yeah because imperfect harmonies was primarily an orchestral record with rock right. and electronic elements yeah so it'll be hard to pull that off without a live orchestra but we'll do a, a few of those songs stripped down to kind of represent that record but mostly it'll be rock songs have you thought about doing something like our mutual friend you know maynard who does with pucifer yeah with Fucktronic, like maybe you and Jimmy doing like a couple theater a shows DJ or, something. Set or something. Have you thought like about that. it? Yeah. Well, you know, we've talked about it, but we haven't <laughs> talked about you know seriously. But it would be cool to do like a Jimmy and I do a DJ set and have some instruments we can play on the side, and you know, we're always making fun at how you know DJs make ten times more money than anyone else in the industry now. It's turned into that world where yeah. you know these guys like you know they, you look they at have Dead a Mouse, laptop Cascade and, and Skrillex and just take <laughs> yeah. what they make in one night. Yeah, and yeah. That's what some people are making it. And we've year. got like seven musicians, crew, <laughs> ten trucks, you know, and we're like So yeah. it's kind of funny. So we're like, Yeah, we'll do that. We'll be the DJ guys. We'll just point our fingers and yeah. mix our music and have people jump up and down to Factronic Might. Yeah, it's a great idea. Yeah. Or if you know, if you if you decide to take it the other way too, you'd get some 
edited edit a bunch of stuff from some of those uh, great film noir classic gangster films and yeah. the new ones. <laughs> like, put, it put it on the put it put it on the screen. screen. That's would a great be, idea, bro. That's a great. Isn't that's that a cool idea? idea? Yeah, yeah. Especially really because cool. so much of that cool film noir stuff, you can really you, you don't have to worry about rights. Godard stuff. Yeah. Like uh, he's got a film where it just starts yeah. with like five minutes of explosion and like shit like that would be awesome yeah. opening of a set with a video right there exactly coming out and, and just play. splice and use so much stuff and then just, great idea you know and, and you know just i'm gonna tell jimmy yeah it's great. <laughs> cool. this is good you're joining the team <laughs> yeah absolutely i'm already on i feel like you're, I'm on, you're, already on, already you're on the team <laughs> we're doing great well listen i want to thank you so much for coming by and doing the pleasure, podcast man. today thank you really yeah. a pleasure and i want to tell Always, everybody dude to go out and uh, and get harakari it's yeah. great Please. thank you I pronounced it right until the last second. I messed it up for a second. There. It's okay. You got it. You got it. It's all good. <laughs> it's great. Search Tanking, everyone. It's Matt Pinfield. It's a Hivecast. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Hivecast with Matt Pinfield. For all things music, news, interviews, live events, and more, go to mtvhive.com.